Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. On today's episode, we are going across the pond. We have our guest is Annabelle DeWild. Uh, on Instagram, she is known as backtoback.scoliosis. She is here today to talk to us about her journey of scoliosis, a spinal fusion, where she started and where she is now and how life is treating her. So Annabelle, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. Can you share with us uh, what was the beginning of your story? How did your journey with scoliosis come about? So I was 11 years old and um, I was at a very academic school. So I was studying a lot. I was very stressed, um, dealing with a lot of anxiety and usual pressures that you do in those years. Um, and carrying a lot of school books home. And it was one day that I lifted up my satchel. I put it over my shoulder, always the right shoulder. And when I bent down, my mum just said, oh my gosh, what, what's that on your back? And she could see the hump where um, I had a right thoracic. So it was my rib cage being twisted round. And that's what you could see out the back. So we went to the doctor and we got referred to a spinal surgeon and he confirmed it's scoliosis. And at this stage, I think it was um, maybe 30, 35 degrees. Okay. And he explained that they don't operate until 45. So you're gonna have to wait maybe a couple of years and just see what happens. How long ago was this? This was when I was 11 and okay. I'm now 30. Okay, okay. So yeah. it's a long time about 20 21 years okay um and that's really when it started so I then saw a spinal surgeon and I quickly got to 45 but for me at that time we didn't have pilates we didn't have yoga at school it was just um netball hockey you know standard sports Mm -hmm. so there was nothing specific and the only information we had was that there's an expert surgeon at your hospital in Southampton and it's surgery if it gets worse, i.e. 45 plus. Mm-hmm. So I was in a lot of pain, um, but also I didn't have the information I do now. I didn't have the exercises or anything else to try. So it was just getting worse. Okay. And in the end, I ended up having full corrective surgery so 12 plus hours for the first one and that was at 15 so yeah the the progression was relatively quick Mm -hmm. and that was you know a whole day in surgery um 
and it was a full correction. So um, share with us what that means. So a full spinal correction. Essentially, um, my spine was curved like this. So it's a right thoracic. Mm -hmm. So in between my shoulder blades, my spine curves out to the right. And that curvature pushes the rib cage round. So the rib cage begins to twist. Mm -hmm. So when you bend forwards, the hump that you see on one side is the ribs coming out of the back. But also on top of that, I have a kyphosis, which means okay. that my shoulders round forward. So scoliosis is the S shape. It's when the spine moves left and right. Mm -hmm. And a kyphosis is when the spine folds forwards. So an inversion, as it were. Okay. Um, so there were two different things going on. It was a complicated surgery. I had four ribs removed, another four dislocated, two liters wow. of blood loss. Um, and I just have never forgotten that moment waking up in ICU with tubes um, in my neck, in my arms, okay. um, in my throat. It was major, huge. And it was a difficult operation. Um, Do you remember so I how long it lasted? Yeah, the first one was 12 plus hours. Okay. It was a whole day, went in at 8 a.m. And it wasn't an easy one. So they had to go back in um, and do further work because they weren't happy um, with part of the correction that they'd spent hours doing. So when you are, uh, when you are, when you go through a spinal correction, a scoliosis surgery, um, and there are, again, now many different techniques and different ways to go about it. But at the time, for me, it was Harrington rods. It was, you know, titanium. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the, the screws and the bolts all the way up and down the spinal column. Um, and essentially, they are they're breaking the spine and levering it straight. And then it's pinned and the screws are, the bolts tighten the screws yeah. in place. So you're then fused. Um, but it's, you know, from where I'm sat now, it's not something to take lightly because it's <laughs> once you start messing with the spine and the spinal column and all the nerves around it, um, you know, you're, this, this, as you know, we both know because we deal with the body every day. Yeah. The spine is, moves in six different directions from left to right, forward, back, and it also rotates. Mm -hmm. So it's made that way to move. And then you're putting metal either side of it so then it can't move yeah um so it was huge yeah it was a big operation and you had and the surgery when you were 15 I had the surgery when I was 15 and did so you, again did you know any sorry did you know anybody else who had scoliosis or was there anybody close enough who like you could talk to who was familiar with this no one okay no one you know, and it, it's not that long ago. Times have changed. Um, we have a bit more information, but still not enough, which is why I've ended up doing all the things I've done and yeah. creating an awareness group and then, um, you know, qualifying in various therapies to help because through all of that, through the isolation of it, the desperation of it, the pain, I wished I had someone to look up to who I thought or... Yeah. Rather, because you're labelled as you have a deformity yeah. and a disability, these heavy medical labels, I just thought that's it. 
I'm, that's my life done and I'm second rate and I'll never be good at anything. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge load to carry. There was no mental or physical strengthening in the form of therapy or uh, physical therapy to lead up to that surgery. And you think of the, the organs that are affected, the sheer amount of blood loss, two liters, it's a lot. Um, wow. And then muscle cut. And for me, my scar runs all the way down my spine. So mm. at the top of my neck, all the way down to about L2, L3. So mm. it's a spinal correction. And I also have a thick scar that wraps around my ribs where they went in at the side also. Okay. Um, which, which has caused further complications since because I'm prone to keloid scars, which means that you produce too much tissue and it becomes very thick. Okay. So we've gone through a, a lot to, you know, try and break that down because it's incredibly painful to okay. lean against the hair too long is painful. So, okay. yeah, it's it's huge. Um, and I think in there were there were so many things that were created at that time through that experience for me that have now manifested now in in what I do with clients. Um, whether it be just even when you can't move and you're lying on your broken spine in so much pain, just to hear a meditation, just to hear some comforting words to mentally get you through that moment. It goes a long way. It goes such a long way. Yeah. So long. But you mentioned that you, so you had two surgeries? So that was operation number one. Okay. Now, at the time I was going through here in the UK, what we call GCSEs. So it, there was a lot of pressure and I was at a very academic school that was very conscious of league tables. And um, I came home and I was studying in my bed and it was about a year of recovery. Um, but very, very, very slow, very slow. Okay. Um, I dropped a lot of weight after okay. the initial operation. Um, and of course, you can't you can't really move. It's the actual, um, the days after and the build up to your first walk and all of those um, processes that they put you through eventually uh -huh. walk, you know, from the room down the stairs to build you up. It's, it's very slow. And I okay. think it differs for everybody. Okay. Um, but I had a year of exhaustion, really, um, and I spent most of it in my bed. I found sitting up very, very difficult and very painful, um, and a lot of pain in my lower back. So by the time we got towards the end of the year, I was in the car with my dad, and he just looked at me and said, surely, by now, you know, you know, we need to see you picking up and your energy levels are, you know, so down and you're still in a lot of pain. And again, where, and perhaps it's a generational thing also, um, I just put up and shut up. I just thought that's it. I, I'm going to have to deal with a certain level of pain now in my life. And okay. um, I've been through this up, but I didn't know any better. I didn't have anyone to ask. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was normal um and it was just a case of you know trying to be normal and trying to get back into the playground and um get through my qualifications and achieve something okay um so you just kind of like shut down 
yeah, I shut down and I went very inward because at that time, most of my friends were dealing with, you know, boys and um, getting their period yeah. and normal things and rolling, hitching their skirts up and fashion and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the normal fun things that you do when you're a kid. Right. Um, and I was, I was growing fearful. I was scared to cross the pod in case someone bumped into me and I fell over. You know, in the winter, I'd then be scared of slipping or something and, and jarring my spine. Um, I wanted to wear all the jumpers throughout even summer months to hide, to cover Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to change in the changing room for sports because I don't want people asking me questions or what's that scar. And it's, it was, it still is big. Um, and it, it, it was stressful and I became very anxious and I became very isolated because I wasn't doing what everybody else was doing. Um, And there was no one really to coach or to support or I had my mum and she was basically nurse, best friend, console. You know, when I couldn't stand up, she, she'd stand in the shower and wash me. She was everything. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think we've evolved a lot since, but um, that's really what got me through uh, my operation and that period in my life but basically um back to being in the car with my dad and him commenting you look absolutely exhausted please can we get an x-ray just to make sure everything's okay mm-hmm. and we did and the x-ray showed that there were two screws loose in my lower spine and because the screws had come undone the pins were grating either side of the spine So we went back to the surgeon Mm -hmm. and he, his advice was, well, it wasn't an option. It was those screws have to come out because it's dangerous. And if they keep rubbing, they'll go through the bone and meat. And we were told that usually that only happens if there is an infection Mm -hmm. in the metalwork. Okay. But also that after a year removal of, all the metal work is fine because you should technically be fused. So as you can imagine, I was devastated. Yeah. Completely devastated. I was so... Sorry, go ahead. I was so scared. I was terrified at the thought of having to go under an anaesthetic again and have even more surgery. And what? I'd been through all of this and Mm -hmm. it's failed. That's a hard one. It's a huge blow. It's a huge blow. And even to this day, my parents feel incredibly responsible because they were making the decisions. They were signing the documents and they were told that that was our local expert and that's an expert. So that's who you must go to. And these are your options because she's at this degree and nothing else will save it now. So it's surgery or, you know, she'll be a cripple. Yeah. So there's lots and it's it's that's why I just reiterate it's for lots it's plain sailing for lots it's a smooth recovery um and I might be one of few where it hasn't worked but also I never had the option to try other things to prevent it yeah 
which you know we're discovering now and you and I that that's why you and I are here because we are doing it and and helping others so yeah. that they don't get to that stage where they yeah. have to do something so drastic so it was huge um I did go forward with the operation I did have the metal work out the recovery again was slow and I have sloped since so my curve my thoracic right thoracic curve is worse than it was when I started and I now have a lumbar curve forming and I have kyphosis still so in essence none of it has really made a difference but I'm left with the great big scars all over my back um which for me is you know they are very beautiful things to me now, but they weren't then. Yeah. Um, and it's led me to find other things and other therapies to help. Um, and also it's led me down the path of, you know, should I look at surgery again? Is that an option? And then really looking at surgery as in different countries, different people, different methods, and really doing my homework as to where and who and what um and, and trying taking, yeah taking the control definitely taking yeah, the definitely. control and and i i want to just kind of dive into this because you talk about you know you found other ways and to help deal with this um and some of those ways are reiki and you touched a little bit on the meditation as well i'm i've only had reiki done once um, but I'm a firm believer in it because it was that powerful for me at that time. Um, but can you share taking taking the darkness of the surgery and what it and what it how it impacted you at that time and maybe even now until today and how you have taken the choice and the control to change it into something else? Can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, um, with all of the dark, there's always a light side because I wouldn't be where I am now and yeah. have done the amazing trainings and met the amazing people. Um, but I tried acupuncture. I tried cranial sacral therapy. I tried Pilates. I tried everything. Mm -hmm. And then I found yoga. And yoga for me gave me the core strength that I needed to support everything else. Okay. Um, you know, even lifting my bags um, to day-to-day -day life. So mm. that alleviated some of the pain. It also gave me the stretch I need, because obviously there you have your convex side and your concave side, and it helped me rebalance muscles either side of the spine. And then finally, it gave me the change in perspective. So I could turn everything on its head and see the positivity of it mm -hmm. um, because you have that therapeutic side to yoga. It's a very spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And there's the meditation element also, which helps me calm. And when my nervous system's calm and my breath is regulated, it also helped me deal with a lot of my trauma as a result of the surgery. Yeah. and the trauma of my nervous system. So I've done a lot of self-healing, self-soothing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went on to do Reiki because, again, it was one of very few things that on top of the yoga really helped me. 
it helped me shift energy through the body where it gets stuck and then that helped my body feel less in pain um, and I'm a big believer that everything starts in the head and your physical body is the final manifestation of whatever's going on internally mm -hmm. and between the two um, it's helped me manage the spine that I have today mm -hmm. um, and it's it's helped my energy levels and all of those things which you need when you have a um, and again it's not for everybody but quite often when you have a scoliosis um, it does eat into energy levels and you know dealing with pain is is tiring in itself yeah yeah um yeah. so um it's been you know really quite wonderful and they, it basically started at um in my early 20s as an awareness site and then I was going to spinal conferences and meeting physios and connecting up with other people and there were lots of young girls approaching me very weighted very stuck very isolated not knowing what to do and fundamentally I think the way I felt was as a young woman, and I like to look nice, um, I like to have my nice clothes, and I wanted to feel really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And everything about being in a hospital is so sterile and, and not beautiful. And, you know, even the corsets and the braces, it didn't feel yeah. attractive to me. And so everything that I do, I wanted it to feel really luxurious, to feel lovely you know, all, all the scents that I use to smell wonderful so that it doesn't have to be this um, burden. It's actually a pleasure to spend time with yourself and your body and more of a ritual. Um, so I trained in the Reiki and I also trained as a yoga teacher because people wanted so many tips. It kind of evolved really into um, training for myself, for mm -hmm. myself, but okay. also... Um, so then I was qualified to actually turn it into more of a, a group and a body and a foundation where people can come and um, I can give a video for lower back or okay. um, you can have a one-one with somebody who's thinking about surgical options and just give them my side of, you know, um, how I feel about it, really. It's, it's a wonderful option to have. And if so, then there are these people in these different countries, speak to them also. But it's it's having information yeah, and having as much information as you can of different things. So for that individual, you can work out what's best for you and also give everything a try um, before you do anything drastic. And keep the calm. And keep the calm. Yeah, yeah. always keep the calm. Because that is so often the hardest part. I mean, you talked about it, I experienced it. And even like, I say this all the time, when you're diagnosed, you know, if you go on Google, don't go on Google, because you'll see the worst of the worst. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing that I, um, I have a love hate with social media and Instagram, because there are all sorts of different platforms out there. But uh, why I love it is because it is a powerful platform to help people feel included and inform. And actually, one of the questions I get a lot is, is you know, what do you wear? How do you dress? Um, and all sorts feeds into it. You know, what do you do when you if you go on a date or if you're in a partnership? How do you how do you introduce that? Um, 
and so many different things which I've I've already gone through you know in my 20s yeah all the funny little things like how do you stay away from home if you haven't got your memory foam pillow and how do you travel and what's your breakdown kit and all those tiny day-to-day things um and it's great because it took me a long time to work it out for myself yeah and hopefully you know between I get a lot of mums who message and dads and parents who are leading at that time for their children but hopefully it's a time saver um to have that information and also you know it's it's wonderful I would have loved to have seen someone who I thought oh she looks really normal and together and she's still gone and got a master's and a qualification and a career and all of those things which you want you want to do and why shouldn't you um so yeah it is there is a slight cosmetic side to it of course um because you know I, I used to hate my scars and I had every single form of injection and steroid cream and um, ointment. And to this day, they still sting a bit like a bee sting because they are quite raw because I have keloid scars, which again is not very common. Um, But there are things you can do to help. And I, I think if I could pick one thing, it's, the mindset is so powerful the affirmations you know and and being repetitive about it as well morning and evening I have my bookends my little routines Mm -hmm. every day and once you get to a certain level of strength it's then easier to keep up um but it's it's so important you know, to isolate even the food that you're putting in your body that helps keep you topped up, eating well. I mean, everything. It's taken me a long time to fine-tune diet, to supplements, to exercise, to for mind, for body. Mm-hmm. Um, and some days, you know, you need to alter that. So you don't want to do a vinyasa flow or something. You need to do a meditation. So movement and stillness, balance. Balance is a, is a really important part of it also. Um, what's an affirmation that you would share with somebody who's listening? So one of my affirmations at the moment, um, for me, which I love, um, I love who I am. I'm connected to my body. I'm connected to my heart and I'm connected to my soul. And that for me is just really fulfilling and it makes me smile. Another one that I use a lot with clients who um, don't necessarily have scoliosis or spinal issues, they're just anxious or they're just lacking self-confidence or they've been through a trauma is, I am safe and grounded in my body. I know I am enough. I am safe and grounded in my body, I know I am enough. I think there's such a, when you go through trauma, you can disconnect from the body and you can go into flight or fright mode. And I suffered for years with the most crippling migraines. They were so, so overwhelming because my body was so stuck as a result of the surgery. The first one I had was in recovery. My body was so stuck in flight or fright mode, um, these migraines would be triggered by just anything, 
you know, a busy place or traveling or just lifting a bag and my body wasn't strong enough and I'd pull something or okay. hit a nerve. So. And then you would, you would, you would give yourself that affirmation and you would start, it would just dissipate. The self-soothing. Yeah. It would dissipate, but also it's, you know, we, we know a lot about neuroplasticity now and the power of the mind. And if you focus on what you don't want, then you'll never get what you do want. So it's really important, the language that you have with yourself yeah. and how you speak to yourself first and foremost, that relationship is so important and almost reconnect, fall back in love with your body um, and see this you know um disabled as being so abled yeah. you are so abled and so capable um and it, it is you know nobody needs to be defined by any of these things um yeah. in fact there are so many people carrying so many different things which again is the great thing about social media because when you see other people who are have got some serious issues and with limbs and you know, really chronic illnesses, it puts yeah. in perspective, okay, well, this is not so bad. And, um, you know, learning to fall back in love with your package and what you've got. Um, I, I love that. And it's about finding, I, it's not necessarily the right word, but finding the opportunity with your, within yourself to discover what's possible because there are so many things possible, even with whatever we're carrying. And so many things possible, yeah. so many things possible. Yeah. I mean, gosh, um, the amount of movement and things that I have done and seen as a result of all of the tools that I've put so many hours into um, is really quite wonderful. Yeah. Really quite wonderful. There's, there's, a, there's a freedom, what's that? life-changing really there's there's a freedom that comes when you're open to it yes yes but sometimes um, getting there is quite hard <laughs> it is hard it is and I often think you know for me it was very isolating and it's only really later on now I mean I didn't have Instagram we had a MySpace, I think, and then a Bebo and a Facebook. And there is so much more information now on those platforms. Still not enough. Yeah. Um, but it, it's wonderful. And actually, it doesn't matter whether you've got scoliosis or not. We all have things going on in our heads. So true. And it's, it's very easy to sit in silence and suddenly it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And fear is a horrible thing. Um, and it's amazing how, I mean, friends and family say it to me all the time, gosh, how, how have you achieved all that? How have you managed all that? And you keep strengthening how, you know, I, I couldn't have got on a, a, you know, public transport a few years ago because yeah. I was so scared I'd trigger a migraine and then I'd be stuck in, in some place without anyone that knows me and what's going on. and. So you can see how it spirals. Um, but actually, when you start communicating with other people who don't have ailments, everybody's got their anxieties and yeah. things that trigger them. So 
communication is really important. Um, and that's that's the gift of social media. Yes. That yeah. is the gift of social media. And and you have you're you're not a complete fan of Instagram, as you shared. Um, but you have found that, I mean, you and I have spoken through Instagram and talked quite often. Um, and, and our community is growing and there's still, as you said, so much more that needs to be done, but I would like to share if anybody has questions with you, I'm going to ask you, where is the best place that they can reach out to you either through social media or through your website or another, uh, venue Avenue. So the best place to get hold of me, you can find me on Instagram. That's back to back dot scoliosis. And um, I'm sure Teresa will put something up back as B-A-C-K and then two T-O. Um, and then let me tell you my website. My number is on my website and my email is also on there. So okay. please, anybody who has any questions, mums um children of whether it's surgery whether it's um it can be anything you know what do you do about dating or what do you do about sleeping um dressing anything um my website is www.backtobackscoliosis.co.uk my telephone's on there um my whole story is also on there um, and there's information about scoliosis if you've just been diagnosed and you don't really understand what this, what might feel huge thing is, um, and some statistics and things like that. Um, that's also on there. And then there's a qualifications page. So you can see what I have qualified in from Reiki to yoga and then further scoliosis, spinal alignment, yoga. Um, and some trauma-based qualifications as well. So it's not just if you have a scoliosis, um, it might be back pain. Um, it might also just be that you're going through a really stressful time. Um, I also get a lot of people who struggle with body dysmorphia and things like that, which um, for me was definitely a, a big issue. Um, you know, the perspective of self and the body and wanting to have this you know beautiful female lovely body I know things are changing now and um yeah, it's yeah. not set in stone but you you understand Thankfully, what I'm saying. I, yeah I know it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like exactly yeah and now thankfully things have changed and evolved and uh yeah. more acceptance to some extent but, definitely Definitely. And I, I think for, to, to sum up uh, the way I feel about the whole journey, it's um, what I hope to offer clients is that feeling of reconnection and coming home to your body, as well as feeling beautiful at your core. And that beauty has to come from inside. So it's it's really life changing, um, and hand on my heart as somebody that's walked it and been through some of the darkest days of my life. Um, it's it's a miracle, really, the tools that we use. Yeah. Um, 
so I just would in, encourage anyone who's got at any stage of this to just hold hope and reach out, communicate. It doesn't matter how small, how silly you think that question might be. Um, there could be a really wonderful solution waiting for you. And try, be open to it. Be open and ask questions. No question is too small. No question is too big. No question is too dumb. Just ask. Just ask a question. If anybody would like to reach Annabelle, you can reach her on Instagram once again at backtoback.scoliosis. Um, her website is also listed there. And Annabelle, I'd like to thank you for being a guest on the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be with you again and see you again. So lovely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.